Is there anybody today going through any storm? Probably every one of us are. In fact, if you're not in a storm, it won't be long, you'll be in a storm. We're all going through storms. And I've been really praying this week as to what the Lord would have me to share because we are going through storms. And because of that, I felt impressed to the Lord to share a message entitled, Throw Out the Anchor. Hey, question. Has any of you heard of the name Bobby Bowden? Raise your hand if you've heard Bobby Bowden. Bobby Bowden was the late successful coach of the Florida State Seminoles. Bobby Bowden was a devout Christian. He passed away just a few weeks ago. I watched the video in the homegoing service of Bobby Bowden. He won two national championships in, at Florida State University. I saw in the testimony former coach Mark Rick speak at his funeral. August the 13th, August 14th, just a couple of weeks ago. Here's what Mark Rick said. He said, had it not have been for Coach Bobby Bowden, I would not be a Christian. He said, we were sitting there when I was, he was on staff and coaching staff at Florida State University, and he said one of the players passed away, and the next day or shortly thereafter, they had a team meeting, and the player was not there. It was an empty chair. Bobby Bowden stood up and said to the, all the coaches, all the players, he said, if that was you and you were to die, where would you go? Mark Rick said as he shared the testimony at his funeral service just a few weeks ago, he said, God got a hold of me. He said, the next day I went into Bobby Bowden's office, knocked on the door. He said, uh, Bobby Bowden had a way when he forgot your name, he'd say, come on in, buddy. <laughs> and Mark Rick said, I said to Bobby Bowden, I want to know how to have a relationship you're talking about with Jesus Christ so I can go to heaven. Bobby Bowden led Mark Rick right there in his office to Jesus Christ. Isn't that a blessing? Hallelujah. And then I heard Bobby Bowden say this. He was speaking at Louis, uh, Liberty University. I mean, know where that's at. Anyway, Big, one of the biggest uh, Christian colleges in all the world. I forget how many thousands, 10,000, 12,000 students, maybe more than that online. But anyway, I heard Bobby Bowden say at the chapel service, I like what he said. He was probably in his 80s at the time or close to it, upper 70s. He said, listen, folks. He said, I get, he said I've gotten a place in my life right now where my wife drives me everywhere I want to go. My wife drives me everywhere I want to go. Then he said this, I just get to hold the wheel. <laughs> You're going to have to think about that for a minute. And I know some of you are probably saying amen. <laughs> if you hadn't, you will. But anyway, hey, missed opportunities. Throw out the anchor. How many of y'all like to fish? Let me see your hand. Probably a lot of you like to fish or you've been fishing in your lifetime. I remember distinctly as a boy growing up, going over to our uncle's pond over in Edenton, Georgia, Putnam County. I was just a little boy at the time. You know what we'd do? We'd get in the boat. My dad would get in the boat. I'd get in the boat, and he'd say, shh, be quiet. And I'd be moving around. That's hard for me to be quiet, all right? <laughs> I had to learn to learn to be quiet. And we'd be navigating through the water. About that time, we'd see 
swirling in the surface of the water. We could almost smell the fish. My dad would say, throw out the anchor. Throw out the anchor. Now, I want to tell you something. If we passed that place, what we call a honey hole, you fishermen know what I'm talking about. If we passed that before we threw out the anchor, we'd miss out on the opportunity to catch a mess of fish. But if we threw out the anchor just in time, we'd load the boat up with a lot of fish. I want to tell you something today. God is going to show us today there are three anchors that will guarantee you need to throw out today that are guarantee to carry you through the storms in life. Three anchors. We'll see them very clearly in the book of Hebrews chapter 6. Turn there, please. Hebrews chapter 6. Three anchors you need to throw out today. Throw out the anchors because they'll hold. Now look, you might be saying right now, Pastor, I'm not going through anything right now. Well, things can change real quickly, as you well know. These anchors, please, get them down in your heart. May God the Holy Spirit take them and encourage us today as we throw out the anchors and they're guaranteed to hold in the storms of life. In fact, I dare say there's some of us today, you're going through some kind of storm. Maybe it's a family-related storm. Maybe it's a financial storm. Maybe it's an occupational storm. Maybe it's an emotional storm. Maybe it's a spiritual storm. I don't know what kind of storm you're going through, but we all go through these storms. In the book of Hebrews, turn there, please. This wonderful book, we're going to see three anchors and that you can throw out today, and I believe, no doubt, they'll hold. Hallelujah. They'll hold. Yes, they will. Hebrews chapter 6. Turn there, please. Let me just say, by the way of introduction, that these three anchors that are guaranteed to hold, they can be found here in the text. Now, by the way of introduction, you might note this wonderful book, many believe written by Paul and me personally. At any rate, the Holy Spirit inspired it. The message is the superiority of Jesus Christ. How many of y'all believe that Jesus is superior? Amen. He's superior to angels. He's superior to the old covenant. He's, yes, superior to Moses. And then another underlying theme in this particular book, as we get ready to read the text, is this. Namely, that uh, there's a warning in chapter 2. And there's warnings throughout this wonderful epistle. Warnings, number one, not to drift. Don't drift from God. It's easy to drift from the Lord. Even though you sit in church, it's easy to not obey the Holy Spirit. And I was praying this morning. I was praying, God, help me not to grieve your spirit today. Help me not to quench your spirit. When God puts something on your heart to do, if you don't do it, it'll grieve the Holy Spirit. And if you uh, don't obey the Holy Spirit, it'll quench the spirit. And you can't snap your fingers and say, Spirit, come on and work. we got to obey the Lord. And the church said, and so, warning number one, drifting. Is anybody here drifting? Is anybody here leaving your prayer time off, your devotion time off, thinking ungodly thoughts, engaged in worldly music or whatever that's carrying you away from the Lord? God, reel us back in. And then number two, we'll notice in chapter 3 and 4, there is the danger of unbelief, not believing God. God gives us an illustration there, the people of God going on into Canaan. And I believe there's some of us today that are on the brink of our breakthrough. But it's going to take great faith in the Lord. I said it's going to take mountain-moving faith. I said without faith it's impossible to please God. 
I said, you've got to rise above your circumstances. I said, yes, problems on every hand. But God said he's faithful, and I believe the Lord is the God of the impossibility. Somebody say, thank you, Lord. Amen. Well, bless the Lord. Hey, look, in chapter number 6, there's a warning. There's different interpretations of chapter 6. I won't get into all the ramifications and the interpretations of chapter 6. Other than say this, some say it's reference in chapter 6, verse 1 through following, is a reference to losing your salvation. I beg your pardon. You cannot lose your salvation. If I could be saved one day and lost the next, that would be dependent upon my behavior. I want to tell you something. We're saved by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. Amen. But we're never alone. Glory to the Lord. And Jesus said, you shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck you out of my hand. Yea, sealed by the Holy Spirit of promise, Paul writes in Ephesians 1. Therefore, therefore we're kept by the power of God. Now, that leads us... Uh, and some say in that chapter 6, it could be a reference to the Jews referring back or going back to Judaism. Certainly, that's one of the themes in the book of Hebrews. And that is pressing on to maturity. I believe no matter how long you've been sitting in church, no matter how long you've been teaching or preaching the Word of God, I believe there's always room to grow. And I don't care how long you've been singing or preaching. Hey, you and I, as Paul, if anybody would have reached it, Paul would have. And he said, I forget what lies behind. Reaching for it lies ahead. I press on toward the goal of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Yes, this side of heaven, we can always grow. We can always get closer to the Lord. I believe there's some of us today that need to get closer to the Lord. I believe there's some of us today that need to draw near to God. I believe some of us today have maybe got some unconfessed sin. There's some of us today have had a bad attitude. Oh, yes. There's some of us today that we've been murmuring and complaining instead of praising the Lord. And the Lord says, I want to change that today and give you victory. Maybe today there's some who are dealing with bad habits, maybe gossip, maybe pornography, maybe something else. And God says, leave it and move on. Maybe it's bitterness. Maybe it's unforgiveness. I don't know what you're dealing with today, but I know this. Throw out the anchor. Throw out the anchor. Throw out the anchor. You're going to be encouraged today because uh, the chapter 6, as we get down to the text, 17, 18, and 19 is our text for today, and 20. But let me just say one other translation is the uh, in chapter 6, verse 1 following, those of you that are Sunday school teachers, you'll note that it's probably not a reference to losing your salvation. Some say it could be in reference to the Jews referring back to uh, Judaism. And others say, and more probably so, would be a loss of rewards at the judgment seat of Christ. At any rate, you be the judge of that. Stand together, let's read Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 17, 18, and 19 and 20. Hebrews chapter 6. If you're there, say amen. amen. Very good. Wherein, verse 17, wherein God willing more abundantly to show unto the heirs of promise. Unto the heirs, heirs of promise. Say that with me. Heirs of promise. Say that with me. All right, what does that word heirs mean? We're going to come to it. Hold on. Underline it. Heirs of his promise. I'll take, give you a little hint. It means an inheritor. Okay? Hold that thought. Let's come back to it in a moment. Wherein God, willing more abundantly to show unto the heirs of promise, the immutability, and that word immutability is a big word, means doesn't change, the immutability 
of his counsel. That word counsel means advice, wisdom. Is there anybody that needs the counsel from God today? Is there anybody got a decision today that you need to make and you don't want to make the wrong decision? How many know one wrong decision can lead to major big consequences? I can't hear you. You got decisions today. How are you going to raise your children? What are you going to say to them? What are you going to do about this job? How are you going to deal with your finances? What kind of job does God want you to have? Where are you going to live? Boy, we're faced with decisions all the time, right now. So the Lord's saying, let's seek his wisdom, his counsel. Keep reading. And he said, confirmed by an oath. Look at verse 18. That by two immutable things in which it was impossible for God to lie. Isn't that a great statement? Isn't that a great statement? God doesn't lie. <laughs> hey, God's not going to lie. He's not going to tell you a falsehood. How many know you can trust the Lord? Amen. How many are going to trust the Lord? Amen. No matter what happens, not if God, but not, not uh, what if, but even if, even if this happens, even if this happens. Oh, my, I could go there, but I'm going to hold back from that for right now. Go back to verse 18. That by two immutable things in which it was impossible for God to lie, we might have a strong, <laughs> I like this next part. Hey, get a hold of it now. Get ready to pull out the anchor. Look at it. We might have a strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope, the hope set before us, the Elpis confident expectation. There's a lot of us today that need hope, don't we? You've, you've gotten weary, boy, and well-doing. You were looking around, seeing things. Your answer to your prayers aren't happening as fast as you want. You say, oh, God, where are you at? Why are you leading me through this? What's going on? Look at verse 19. Which hope we have. What's the next words? I like that. That's where I got the message. As an anchor. As an anchor. Of the soul. Throw out the anchor, brother. Throw out the anchor, sister. Throw out the anchor, mama. Throw out the anchor, daddy. Throw out the anchor, young people. It'll hold. Yes, it will. It'll hold and then stand the test of time. Look at this. Verse 19, which hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast. Thank you, Jesus. And which entereth into the, within the veil. Now, please pay attention. Pay attention. Verse 20. Because the Lord is fixing to show us how we can have hope. Verse 20. Whither the forerunner, that means one that's gone before us. It means somebody's blazed a trail. Forerunner for us entered even, what's the next word? Jesus. Really? He can relate to me? Yep. Really? He was tempted like I am? Yep. Really? He suffered like I've suffered? Yep. All the above. Isn't it good to know somebody knows what you're going through? Ah, oh, you need to get a hold of what I just said. Whither the forerunner is for us entered, even Jesus made a high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. I'll take the word Melchizedek for another message another time. Father, in the name of Jesus, we worship you today. Hallowed be thy name. How great you are and mighty on your throne and yet Lord it seems at times we lose sight that you're bigger than our problems you're greater than the 
issues we're facing today. You've got a plan and a purpose for each of us. And Lord, that's beyond my comprehension how you can see everything and nothing goes under the radar that you do not permit and allow. Give us great rest. Give us great peace. Give us victory, security in you and in your word that you are steadfast. You're trustworthy. You brought us through so many storms. And the church said, Lord, we're going to trust you now. We're going to take our burdens to you now. We're going to cast our care on you now. We're going to not let anxiety and worry consume us, but we're going to seek your face and pray and lay this at your feet, things we can't control, because we know that you've got our best interest and our life can be under your control. I pray, God, in the name of Jesus right now that my thoughts, my emotions, my mind, my will, my, yeah, my body would be under your control. And every blood-washed blood child of God today, those that aren't saved and redeemed by your blood, I pray today, oh God, that you would open their heart as you did Lydia and quicken the Word of God in their heart that it might take root and blossom. As all you declare it to do, when all said and done, we'll bow at your feet and we'll get to glory and say you're worthy because you are in Jesus' name. And the church said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Here we go. Three out, throw out three anchors. You ready? How many of y'all taking notes? Let me see your hand if you're taking notes. All right? A bunch of you taking notes. Good. Three anchors. Here they are. Number one, would you throw out the anchor? Would you throw out the anchor? of trust i'll bring them up on the screen in a moment so don't worry throw out the anchor of trust when you're going through a storm throw out the anchor of trust when you're going through a storm i find that in verse 17 we'll come back to it in a moment number two there's a second anchor throw out the anchor brother throw it out the anchor not only of truth but throw out the anchor of i'm sorry trust but number two would be throw out the anchor of truth the anchor of truth when we're living in a dark day of deception how many of y'all believe we're living in a dark day of deception we're living in a dark day of deception throw out the anchor of truth when you need a bright light when you need a bright light when things are dark when lies and falsehoods and deception is rampant throw out the anchor of truth when living in days of darkness and deception we need a bright light there's a third anchor I want to encourage you to throw out are you ready a third anchor you can throw out number three not only the anchor of trust and an anchor of truth but number three we'll see that by the way the anchor of truth in verse 18 of the text notice we're going verse 8 17 18 19 20 now number three anchor is this throw out the anchor of triumph Throw out the anchor. I, the Lord gave me those words. They all start with T, whatever. Alliteration, I'm, you can call it what you want. But this is what the Lord gave me. Throw out the anchor of triumph. When you need to hold on to hope. When things seem hopeless. When things seem hopeless. We'll see that in verse 19 and 20 in just a moment. Here it is. Throw out the anchor of trust. When you're going through the storms of life. Throw out the anchor of truth. 
when you're in days of darkness needing a bright light, and thirdly, throw out the anchor of triumph when you need to hold on to hope when things seem hopeless. Let's go to this. Don't worry if you don't get them all. You'll get them all. I'll go over them. One, two, three. They'll be on the screen. Number one, throw out the anchor of trust when you're going through the storms of life. Look up here, everybody. Look up here, please. Here, you'll notice the text. We're in God willing more abundantly to show unto, here's that word, heirs a promise, the immutability of his counsel. Pay attention to two words right here. Number one, heirs, and number two, counsel. Why? Because here's why you can throw out the anchor of trust. Number one, because we are heirs of the living God. That's why you can throw out an anchor of trust. If you're saved, now if you're not saved, how many of y'all are saved this morning? You know without a shadow of a doubt. All right, everybody but a couple of people couldn't raise your hand. Listen, my brother, listen, my sister, time's but a ticking, life's but a vapor. We're not promised to tomorrow. Young people are dying over this terrible disease. You know that, don't you? Where would you go if you were to die and be in a wreck? Man, you can't play with eternity. You better really think, think seriously. I love you, but I'm just, war I'm just lovingly telling you, 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 you can't play with eternity. And, and I wouldn't let anything hold me back. Look what you got to gain and look what you got to lose. Man, what is, look what you got to gain. Man, only a crazy person wouldn't say, Jesus, save me, forgive my sin. I know the Holy Spirit has to draw, but I'm just telling you, man, hey, as an heir, this word heir, you know what the word is? It's the word kleromeo. The word kleromeo means an inheritor. I got to thinking about this. You know what we're going to inherit, my brother and sister? Why can we throw out the anchor of trust? Because we are heirs. We're joint heirs with Christ. We are Romeo. We are inheritors of the living God. And we have what the Lord has promised us. How many are glad that you've got heaven for your home? I don't have to worry about tomorrow. If I wasn't a Christian, I'd be scared deathly of dying and going to hell. I would. I'll never forget. Let me just pause for a moment. I'll never forget a few years ago, I went to a funeral home before the Lord really saved me, and a man, young man, had hit a tree in a truck and killed him. I went to the funeral home. I wasn't a Christian. Oh, I played church. I sat in church like many do. Today, I had a form of godliness, but denied the power thereof. Outward profession, no inward possession. Head knowledge, but not heart knowledge. But I'll never forget looking at that young man, 18 years old, in the casket, and it was like, son, that could be you. And God sent arrows of conviction in my heart. Hey, look, heirs of his promise, heirs of eternity. I don't know if you've thought about it or not. I was at Tom Kitchen's funeral yesterday, and I got to thinking after I left, how about the new Jerusalem? Have you thought about how wonderful to get to heaven, what it's going to be like? No more sickness, no more sorrow. Come on, somebody say amen. No more tears, no more death. You know, I know we want to preserve and not go there, but it's not a bad option to go to heaven. I mean, you just read Revelation 21, 22. We, we, we fight it with all of our energy. No, 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 no. But wait a minute. We read Revelation 21. I saw a new heaven and new earth for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away and there was no more sea. I, John, saw the holy city of the new Jerusalem coming down from God out of heaven as a bride adorned for her husband. 1,500 miles by 1,500 miles by 1,500 miles. Oh, listen, my brother and my sister, the best is yet to come. I believe that. Hey, keep that on your agenda every day. Keep the agenda that I'm going to heaven. I'm an heir of the living God. 
God. And, and if uh, something happens to me absent from the body, present with the Lord, hey, my outer man's perishing, but my inner man's being renewed day by day. I know this is a light affliction, but thank God I've got a builder and maker who's God. Jesus has blazed the trail before me. It's going to be wonderful to be reunited with my... I couldn't help but to think, Daryl and Dawn, when y'all were singing about, I'll fly away. I can't help but to think it. My dear dad went to be with the Lord a year ago. I'm telling you, standing by the graveside of scores, hundreds of people the last 35 years, I can say, thank God, I'll fly away one day. I'll see them in heaven one day. There's going to be a great reunion in heaven one day. And the church said, but that ought to keep you encouraged. Go out that anchor of trust. Hey, God, I know it's bad news. I know this stuff is going around. I know this, all this junk in our world, America. But I'm going to throw out the anchor of truth. And because I'm an heir of the promise, and I can listen because my father's got good counsel. Amen. You know, James put it this way. If any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. Do gives to all men liberally, and the bread is not. You need wisdom today. I don't know about y'all, but I've got to make decisions all the time. And I want wisdom from heaven. I dare not, and listen to me, I love you, but you dare not lean on your own understanding. You know why? Because if you lean on the flesh, the flesh reaps corruption. I know you've depended and we've depended on ourselves all this time, but once you get in the family of God, God says, put away the flesh, start walking in the Spirit. Why? You know why it's wise? You know why it's a wise man and a wise woman that'll seek the counsel of God? Can I tell you why? Because only God knows what's going to happen tomorrow. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. I know he holds the future, hallelujah. And I don't have to worry about tomorrow. Don't take tomorrow's troubles today. Take no thought of tomorrow. Tomorrow shall take thought of itself. Sufficient is the day thereof. But say, as the Lord wills, I go to such and such a city. Live life to the fullest. Live spirit-filled and spirit-led and spirit-anointed and trust the Lord and seek his face and ask for his wisdom and pray for his counsel and pray for red lights and green lights and yellow lights to stop, to slow, to go. And praise God, God will get glory when all said and done. We need some men and women who are walking with God these days, men of wisdom and men and women of wisdom. And so the counsel of his, his uh, immutability, the counsel confirmed by no. Throw out the anchor of trust. Will you throw out the anchor of trust? Will you throw it out? It'll hold, it'll hold. Some of you today need to throw it out. Lord, I've been doubting. Lord, I'm looking at all the bad things. Lord, I'm, tr watch this, watch this, don't miss this. I'm trusting in my feelings. Feelings come and feelings go. Feelings are deceiving. My warrant is the Word of God, not else is worth believing. When my feelings start overruling faith, I'm in trouble. Feelings come and go. And that's the average person today is going on the feelings instead of faith. Boy, I tell you, that's a, that's a renowned thought. And so speaking of throwing out the anchor, I'll never forget a few years ago, uh, when Jeremy was a teenager, we went fishing. A man invited us to go fishing out at a lake called Silver Lake. Anybody know where Silver Lake is? It's in Mansfield. By the way, there's houses set all around this lake. So, you know, people build houses around this lake. And a man said to me, said, you can take our boat and go on out. It's a John boat, about 10 feet, 12 feet uh, John boat. So we got out there and there, man, we were fishing. And 
catching. It's a great lake, really, to tell you the truth. And about that time, we uh, saw some fish, and I said, hey, let's throw out the anchor. Well, about that time, Jeremy stood up in the boat. I mean, no, that's not a good idea. And by the same time, I was leaning back to grab the anchor, and guess what happened? The boat turned over. <laughs> I mean, we went down in the water. My glasses fell all the way down to the murky bottom of this lake. I wasn't there about to go get it. And all of our fishing equipment, our fishing pole and tackle box just sank to the bottom. People are watching. They're watching all around as these two idiots are out there in the, in the middle of this lake and the boat is turned over. Well, after we finished laughing hard enough, we finally, thank God, the boat didn't sink. We were able to turn it over and get back in the boat even though we didn't retrieve any of our fishing gear. And I wondered why I was never invited to use the boat again. Anyway, hey, look, here's the deal. Throw out the anchor, but be careful when you throw out the anchor. Number one, throw out the anchor of trust. Number two, throw out the anchor of truth. When you're in days of darkness and needing a bright light, look at this text. Everybody look up here. That by two immutable things, things that don't change, in which it was impossible for God to lie, we might have a strong consolation, a, a strong consolation, who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope set before us. Can I give you three words? And I want you to follow me real quickly. There are three steps downward and then three steps upward. There are three words I want to give you. Number one is deception. Or excuse me, delusion. 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 Number two is confusion. Number three is perversion. Did you get those? Delusion, number one. Don't miss it. I just described where we're at as a culture. Delusion. Delusion. Number two, confusion. And number three, perversion. What do I mean by delusion? You wonder today, how in the world could people say what they're saying these days? What are they thinking? Where are they at? I'll tell you where they're at. They've been deluded. In fact, the Lord says through Paul in the end days, he said in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 9, following, because they received not the love of the truth, that they might be saved for this cause, shall God send them a strong delusion. A strong, wait a minute, God will send them illusion? Yep. You mean God will send somebody delusion? Yep. What does delusion mean? An incapacity to know the truth. You know anybody that is just like talking with a brick wall? They just don't get it. You know somebody just spouting off stuff and you wonder, where in the world are you getting that? I'll tell you where they're getting it. Delusion. Delusion. And you look here, look here, three steps downward. It's a downward trend. First comes the delusion, then comes the confusion. Confusion. Well, but the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 14, God's not given a spirit of confusion. He's not the author of confusion. But when we're deluded and we can't comprehend truth, and there's some of you right now, you're here at church, but a lot of this stuff is going over your head. You don't remember anything when you leave from here. Why? Because your mind is not in touch and in tune and in step with God. I tell you, it takes a lot of discipline where you're at to listen to the Word of God. Receive the Word of God. Don't let the dirty birds sweep, swoop up and steal the seed away. Delusion. And then that leads to confusion. Well, I don't know what to do. I don't know what was going on. I'm not sure. I've got to trust myself. I've got to depend on myself. And then delusion, confusion leads to perversion. You know what Paul said? He said in Romans 1, exactly what we're facing as a culture. Isaiah 520 says they're called good, bad, bad, good, bitter, sweet, light, darkness, darkness, light. How will they do that? 
because of a delusion, because of confusion, and at least to perversion. Listen to what Paul said. He said in Romans 1, verse 18, the wrath of God is revealed against all ungodliness. The wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. What does that mean? They suppress the truth. They say, I know what you preachers say. I know what you Christians says, but, but I, I don't want it. No. Hold it. Suppress it. And see, when we reject the truth of God, we're open up to the lies of the devil. And that's what's happening. And then he goes further. He says, because uh, they invisible things, I'm reading from Romans 1, because the invisible things of the world are clear seen, being understood by the things that are made, even as eternal power and Godhead. So they're without excuse. Because when they knew God, Paul said, they glorified him not as God. It's not that we don't know about God. It's just that we don't want God in our life. Because when they knew God, they glorified him not as God. Neither indeed were thankful but became vain in their imagination. Their foolish hearts were darkened, professing themselves to be wise. They became as fools and changed the glory of the incorrupt of God into image made like corruptible men and birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. Wherefore God gave them over to uncleanness, to the lust of the flesh. They might dishonor their bodies between themselves, having changed the truth of God into a lie. And worship the creature more than a creator who's blessed forever. Delusion, confusion, perversion. Three steps backwards. Hey, you recognize, Lord, I've been deceived. I've been deluded. First, recognize it. Secondly, return to God. Third, be restored in your fellowship with God. Is there anybody here that says, you know, Lord, I've been making some bad decisions. I've been listening to some stuff. And I'll just be honest with you. Man, what you put in your mind you, you, you might think you can get by with listening to this ungodly music and stuff. Don't think it. Don't it affect your mind. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. I know you feel like you're he-man and she-man or she-woman. Excuse me. <laughs> anyway, but, but look, God's saying, as a man thinks in his heart, what's the things are true and honest and just and lovely and of good report. What if, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. I'll put it this way. If I'm sowing to the flesh, I'm going to reap corruption. And that's the average Christian today. We, for some reason, come short of what God's got in our life. And we feel like it's a carnal life. No, it's not. It's a spirit-filled life. I'm not talking about perfection. I'm talking about living a life, glorifying God, and letting the blessings of God flow in your life. That's what I want. I believe that's what you want. Number three, and I'll be done. Number three, you see, we're living in a dark time. We need a bright light. So throw out the anchor of trust. Secondly, throw out the anchor of truth. When you're going through a dark day of deception and you're needing a bright light, throw out the anchor. Lord, I will return to your truth. Some of you today, I believe with all my heart, need to really come back to God and start saying, Lord, I want to start obeying the truth of your word. I don't care how long you've been sitting in church. You see, the problem is not how much we know about the Bible. The problem is how much are we obeying about the Bible. That was a big statement, wasn't it? It's not how much you know. And here's our danger as you're a Christian. To sit in church for years and years and years. Oh, I've heard that. Oh, I've heard that. God's saying, look, it's not how much you know. It's what are you putting into practice in your life every day. That's where the rubber hits the road. That's what God's interested in. Not just hearing the word, but doing the word. That's obedience. 
That means submission. That means yieldedness. That means surrender of your heart to the Lord. Tell me, are you surrendered to God? You're not, are you? The flesh is in control, isn't it? I love you, but I, I tell you, hey, you're missing out on the best, and I'm praying because I'm in this battle too with you. Throw out the anchor number three, not only of trust and truth, but triumph when you need to hold on to hope. Things seem hopeless. Look here, which hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, which entered into, within the veil, whither the forerunner is for us entered, even Jesus made a high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. What's he saying? He's saying, throw out the anchor of not only trust, truth, throw out the anchor of triumph. Jesus Christ knows how to navigate through the storms. He's not promised to take us from the storms, but he has promised to carry us through the storms as we trust him. Is there anybody here today say, Lord, I need some wisdom. I need decisions. I need you to carry me. I believe there are. I believe there's mamas and daddies need to pray for our children and grandchildren as Daryl and Dawn sang just a moment ago. Will you trust the Lord? Will you? Throughout the anchor of trust, throughout the anchor of truth, and throughout the anchor of triumph, will you do it now? Let's stand together right now.